Hello, and thank you for listening to the Green Room Podcast, a podcast where I talk to my friends about things they are passionate about. Check me out at facebook.com slash greenroompodcast. That's green with an E at the end. Or you can email me at greenroom at gmail.com. In this episode, my friend Ryan and I will be talking about his work working at government buildings and helping them become more energy efficient and green. We're also going to be talking about some of the pros and cons of other upcoming green technologies. Please enjoy the show. And welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> um, busy day, as you know, we already talked about all that. Absolutely. So how do we know each other? I believe we uh, we have a mutual friend that we've uh, um, had mutual acquaintances from over the years. <laughs> and um, his old roommate of mine, I think y'all go way back. And uh, yep, just over swing the years, dance buddies. Just over the over the years, we've gotten to events and board games, and you know the occasional uh, house housewarming party, and yeah, we've been yeah. Now we don't up. even need that other friend to hang out. We can just <laughs> hang out ourselves. Absolutely. So much so that uh, your wife is the second person I've had on the podcast. She's on yes. episode two, Lindsay. Yes, Lindsay was episode number two. So this is the first uh, time I've had both sides of a couple on. Yeah, excited about that. I listened to her uh, portion of it. She sounded very professional, so I'm <laughs> going to try to, uh, um, you know, do my no, best. No, you don't need to worry about that. We can just ha- your episode is not her episode. You do it the way you want. <laughs> True. All right. Um, so, of course, then, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I think um, I can talk about. The uh, industry in which I've worked in for the past uh, 13 years, um, I think mm-hmm. it's an uh, uh, interesting uh, niche of the market, the energy sector market. And I've had a, a very um, close and involved uh, um, experience with it over the years. I think it'd be interesting for you know some people who have listened here to, uh, to hear in on it. Yeah, this is great because honestly... When I talk to my friends, I usually don't talk about work, and mm. so I never know what the hell anyone does to make their money. Um, and this podcast has actually helped me learn what my friends do a lot. <laughs> well, I think it's good practice. I think a lot of people just say, hey, you know, introduce each other. My name's Ryan. Uh, what do you do for a living? And, you know, you're so much more than than the, the salary that you do um, right, or you yep. bring in, right? So I usually ask what what you're into, like, what do you do for fun? Yeah. What do you like to do for fun? What are your hobbies? You know, and, and if you're very fortunate, like my wife, um, it's her passion is, is what she does. Um, it's Mm -hmm. kind of an easy segue. Um, yeah. So I, I, I've got a, I've got a corporate job. Um, I, I work in the energy sector. Um, my background's in uh, mechanical engineering. Um, my title, I guess the high level would be uh, energy engineer and I deal with, um, energy saving, um, uh, conservation measures to, uh, save on utility bills, your water, electricity, you know, natural gas, um, and, uh, basically provide solutions to my, uh, customers, my clients, and, uh, in order for them to save sometimes up to 50% on their uh, utility bills. So this is like, um, is this more on the, like, you know, home 
Stead side or like businesses who you're working with? It, it is it is businesses. So my specific niche is in the federal market. So I deal with um, basically anywhere that the government pays for the utility bills is mm-hmm. a potential customer that I could I can help. So that ranges yeah. anywhere from military bases, air force bases, air force bases to prisons, to presidential libraries, to the FAA, to the GSA, uh, government services administration buildings you know, in the United States and anywhere in the world. All right. So I'm going to assume you're not at fault for why Texas prisons often don't have air conditioning. No, but that is terrible. I I do have some insight on that. It's, it's, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the legislation that it is the government's responsibility to provide shelter, uh, food and heat. And that's it. Oh, uh, not specifically heat, not cooling. Cooling, cooling is a privilege. Wow, we so, need to update that. Yeah, it's really unfortunate in some of the southern states. I've even helped in some public housing, where that you know <clears throat> they will provide all those services. But if you want air conditioning, that's something that you actually have to pay for. So it's not as big of a concern in the northern states, but in the south, right. yeah, it, it's, it's it gets it's quite a hot. It's almost and unsafe. It's just getting worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So back to the other stuff that you do. So you go to these different places. Yeah. So um, I've I've been working, um, uh, you know, Air Force bases and in in prisons and and military bases. And essentially, what we do is uh, we uh, we uh, there's a a proposal process. There's multiple companies that do what we do, and we you know um, have a formal like preliminary. Uh, they they down select on a company and we proceed. But essentially, I go and we do um, site surveys and audits. Um, you know, kick the wheels per se of what they currently have. We'll look at their utility bills, their energy consumptions, and the needs that they need to repair for their infrastructure. Um, and once we have all that information, we you know put it in a proposal. I'll look into uh, building some energy savings calculations and Excel spreadsheets or other modeling software. To some uh, spreadsheets, yeah, to to project what we what we could see it saving, and um, the specific niche that I'm in is is, is an area called energy savings performance contracts, where um, the energy savings will pay for all of the infrastructure improvements over a period of time, typically 20 years. Um, so the government okay. takes a loan out uh, from the bank, and the bank gives them a really good rate because of the government, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, the particular company that is um, in charge of the project after everything is signed, sealed, delivered, um, we guarantee the energy savings over that lifetime. So if anything goes wrong, you know, the company writes a check. So it's kind of like a, a the only way that the bank will, you know, f- feel comfortable writing that check. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is probably the most effective way to uh, improve the infrastructure on a lot of our uh, government facilities across the nation. Um, without uh, dipping into you know taxpayer dollars. Great. So I mean, I always appreciate that, um, especially being a citizen of the Earth and wanting it to survive for my offspring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, when it comes to taxes and everything, it it it, it isn't the most effective use of of money always. Um, so at least with my industry, you know, yeah, we make money. The banks make money, but it at least is making these improvements because 
some of these facilities that have been around, you know, even from like the forties and fifties, they, you know, unless it's broken, they let it keep on running and there could be all these issues, health issues, safety issues, um, happening. And sometimes the government doesn't pay to fix it until it's finally broken. Yeah. And so this, it's a way for us to go in there and retrofit a lot of, uh, areas, um, and, uh, you know, make it better, save energy and, you know, um, you make a, you make money up front, but it's in the long term helping the government save money. Exactly. After after all that. Yeah, for sure. You know, these facilities they spend, you know, multiple millions of dollars a year on the utilities. Um, unlike you living in your house or your apartment, um, you know, you're gonna turn the turn the turn the lights off. You know, do some things to improve. You know, these government facilities, sometimes they're running 24-7 and they're just wasting energy. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a fun spot. I mean, we, we look at everything. Um, I was going to say, so tell me about some of the, um, like, things that you're recommending to them. Yeah, yeah. So going back to, like, you and you being in your house, you know, when you think of the things that off the top of your head, what can you do to save uh, energy? Turn um, off the lights. Turn off, turn, turn off the lights. There, there's actually a saying in our industry: "There's there's nothing more efficient than off." Um, right. That makes sense. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, lights. We convert LE, uh, most lights to LEDs. Um, mm, yeah. We'll have uh, controls, occupancy and vacancy sensors. Vacancy sensors in the bathroom, which once it doesn't sense any movement, it turns off. Mm. Um, we'll add like daylight harvesting controls, which basically means if you've got any skylights or lights from outdoors in some areas it'll dim the lights because you you don't need that you know you don't need to over light the area um so that that's always a really good uh roi return on investment um you know building envelope making things um more what is that uh it's like it's like a a buttoning up the building right it's reducing the the cracks and yeah the the cracks (laughs) cracks and holes so that could be windows, that could be window film, that could be insulation in your attic, that could be door sweeps, anything that just keeps the air conditioned air that you've spent money inside the building and not escaping. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll do uh, heating and cooling systems. You know, we have the the like the four ton air conditioning unit that you have outside the house that most people have. Um, but these are large chillers and boilers with cooling towers whole HVAC systems and fans, pumps, motors, anything that we can do to make it efficient. Uh, we'll look in, into doing that. And, and that also includes renewables. We look at solar, we look at wind, oh, yeah. um, some customers that's a priority that they want. Um, so we try to, to add look solar in. panels to be extra. Yeah. Friendly. Um, battery storage for backup. Um, the government's really looking into what they call a more resilient building, which means that they're able to function if the power goes out. So we look at right. different avenues that we can. I mean, there's not we, we, we're not overhauling the building and, and putting everything new, although that would be great. Um, there's just literally not enough you know, money to do that. So we try to put in new where we can and the rest we're just trying to revitalize the current system into something that's more functioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, like it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I've, I've been um, lucky to work with um, different customers. I've been able to go overseas to some of the air force bases there. Um, it's a big need. And uh, I'm, you know, I kind of 
fell into this industry and I'm glad I'm here and I'm probably going to be here for, you know, the rest of my career. Yeah. It's not the most glamorous work, but like sometimes the most necessary stuff isn't glamorous. You know, I had a, a, a time period where it's just one of those, it's hard to explain, you know, what I do and, and, you know, we, we brought up my, my wife, you know, she's a graphic designer. She has makes these beautiful things and she can say, Hey, look, look at it. Look what I create. Look what I made. Look <laughs> yeah. at this. And I, you just really don't have that aspect of it. So other than knowing that <clears throat> I did some work, you know, with a building <laughs> and, and sometimes if it's nearby and we're driving by, it, it's only happened like twice. I'm like, Lindsay, you see that? You know, I, I, I did something in that building, <laughs> you know, um, you could always say, Hey, look at this spreadsheet. I have, <laughs> Save so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, I spend, you know, 20, 30% of my time in spreadsheets, another 20, 30% of my time in uh, proposals and writing and that and, and the rest and just miscellaneous project development. So my, my title is more like a project developer. So I, I shepherd the process of, you know, going through and, and auditing and making sure all the information is correct and working with the customer and basically yeah. getting it through, you know, acceptance. And then I move on to the next job. There's a whole nother crew that actually installs it. Um, but yeah. So I was going to ask if you had any, if you did any manual labor, you just gave them the list of things to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm involved on like commission and closeout. So if there's any issues or changes or say they opened up a wall and it's completely different than what they thought, they can be like, Hey, Ryan, does this, change the energy potential does this mess something up is it going to cost more and then i can figure that out or get other contractors in there to help me figure that out and move forward um but these projects you know that they can range multi-million dollars and they can take you know a couple years to to construct before they're finally completed right so uh are there any of like is there any buildings that you've worked on that we would know about are they anything like that or is it all just like out of the way stuff. No, no, there's a couple notable buildings. Um, I and, worked. And are you allowed to talk about them? I, I am allowed to talk about <laughs> them. <laughs> the only areas that I can't talk about are um, bases that have um, like secret areas, underground areas. Oh. Um, um, but you buildings. learned about them. Yes, because you get access you to the, them. Fair. You can't talk about them. Yeah. Or some sense. buildings may have. FBI or something in there. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I may see some of this stuff, but you know, should I cut this segment for your own safety in <laughs> no, case any no, of my 12 no. listeners decide to try and extract information out of you? No, you're good. But, but I will say, <laughs> and I've made this joke to, to other friends, I, I've, I've been fingerprinted so many times that one of these, one of these years, they're going to pick up one of my finger uh, prints from a hotel room and, and they're going to tie <laughs> yeah. into some crime. Um, oh, no. But yeah, I, it's it's part of the process. You get, you know, even being in a prison, I was at the BOP, mm-hmm. the Bureau of Prisons in Atlanta. I did work there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done the presidential libraries. So I did a, a George oh, Bush cool. Senior in College Station. Uh, I've done uh, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson and Austin, which was really cool because I was able to get on the roof and actually see the the UT Stadium Bowl. Um, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a great view. <laughs> um, I've done, uh, um, um, where else have I done? I think that's about it. That's notable. The, the notable. Yeah. That's notable. Um, I'm working on, um, <clears throat> a project in the Houston VA right now, the medical, um, center. 
So mm-hmm. um, it's not always flashy. It's usually bigger, you know, Air Force bases and prisons. I've worked at, um, I've done a lot of work at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma City. Um, so, so yeah, it just, uh, just depends on, you know, where the work is, where we got, uh, won the bid for, for work and, uh, we kind of go from there. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask was like, I've heard about vampire power where you need to like unplug your things from the wall. Is that real? Is that slowly (laughs) seeping away power that I need to be worried about? Um, do you need to be worried about it? No. Is it real? Yes, it is real. Um, it, it is such a small percentage of electricity that gets, um, dissipated, you know, just, yeah. just the product of you plugging things in. Um, there are some buildings where we'll implement what we'll call, a um, um, uh, I don't know. We don't call it like vampire energy. It, it is it is a very common conception, but essentially what it does is like when you have a, a high rise and you have a bunch of cubicles and there's a bunch of things plugged in, you know, that we can basically turn off that circuit between after hours. And it's not oh. a huge cost to implement that change sometimes, um, but is it a lot? You know, maybe maybe not so much. We actually get more bang from our buck for. Um, you know, some of the, uh, um, like vending machines and stuff that doesn't need to be operating. But once again, it's just turning it off or ramping it way down when it doesn't need to be, you know, fully on, but yes, it it, it is real, but you don't, you don't need to worry about it. It's real, but minuscule. It's better to just turn off the light when you're not in the room. Yes. You'll do more. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, so like, what are some of the, I used to be involved in like environmental stuff in college, um, mm-hmm. trying to get like the dorms to use recycling bins and stuff. Um, but I was wondering like, what are, I have not been super involved in it since then. So I'm wondering like, what's some of the newest, hottest stuff that has come out that you guys use to help save energy for people? Yeah. Um, well, I used to be in the environmental club in high school too. So, uh, <laughs> Nerds. We, we, we got roots and all I did was help the school recycle paper and ink cartridges once a week. Um, for sure. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot limited. of, there's a lot of interesting technologies, um, out there. You know, there's a lot of, um, ways to, um, you know, uh, store energy, um, I think a technology that I'm seeing more and more is, 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 is called like VRF. It's a variable refrigerant flow system. So hmm. like in your <clears throat> air conditioning unit right now, it's a set charged amount of refrigerant that are 134 a, <clears throat> and all that is, is a, it's a liquid that has specific um, characteristics. So it's really good at, you know, being compressed and evaporated to give off the cooling and releasing the heating, the normal uh, cycle that air conditioning does. So a VRF system, instead of varying or turning off, as you say, like, you know, the fan turns on and off with your system, everything stays on 100% and it's a very energy efficient, you know, system and you just regulate the amount of refrigerant somewhere something's getting. So it's really um, interesting to see it in places that are dorms or, you know, high rises, a bunch of different units that might like different temperatures. And so then when they right. change the temperature, they're actually changing a valve that lowers the refrigerant in the system. And it kind of has that same thing. They've been around for a while um, in the, um, you know, in the, the, 
the Japan and Korea, you know, side yeah. of the side of the world, and you're seeing a little bit more and more being introduced in in, in, in our system. So. so you don't have to worry so much about the thermostat like kicking stuff on and off. It's like if the thermostat detects it's getting hotter, it'll just add more refrigerant. And the do you have like lower energy fans and stuff blowing or so I think I think the what the system is is when you compare it to having um you know individual window units or air conditioning for each apartment. Like you think about when you go to a hotel. You know, mm-hmm. each one has their own dedicated one they're doing. And now it's all connected to a, a combined system working to benefit each, each elf. So, mm. and then you get some scalability with the efficiency of it and everything like that. So, so not necessarily useful in like your house or whatever, but no. in a in a larger apartment. No. Or though, though you could complex. do it, you know, each one of the air conditioning registers in your house could, could have something, but I think that'd be a little... Too much infrastructure, <laughs> too much overkill. Yeah. You're seeing a lot more, you know, as batteries get better and able to store more, more energy and last a lot longer. Um, that, that's a more effective use that you're starting to see being implemented in places. Um, utilities are wanting to um, have batteries all over the place um, to help offset, you know, the cost of producing uh, energy uh, and production. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are the most interesting in my mind. There's probably way more fascinating ones, but you know, because of the type of work that I specifically do and we deal with so much retrofit and trying to make the existing systems kind of work, it really, right. it's really hard to do a lot of like the new stuff though, though we do like to do like solar and, and wind or, or something like that if, if we're able to, to afford yeah. it. So I've always been wanting to put solar panels on my house. Um, and our mutual friend has those solar panels on his house. And I remember hearing all about that and getting excited. And I and now I'm always getting calls probably once a week about these people who are trying to like talk about some tax benefit, yada, no cost installation. Um, your professional recommendation which is not a professional recommendation because it's a podcast and this is not exactly what you do professionally this is, this is not financial <laughs> advice this what is, is your not non-professional <laughs> recommendation um uh, I, 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 should I we have, be looking forward to I, solar uh, panels everywhere or is this is this good i i, I have mixed feelings I, I do think solar panels are an effective uh tool to help uh, you know offset some energy consumption at the house level, it's it's really hard. You you really have to have a good spot. You need to have the roof space. You need to have no trees blocking the area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have a really good like a high electricity rate that you're offsetting because you're you're doing this, um, and you need to have fantastic rebates and things to help offset it. Um, and even then, you know, you're, it might be a minor benefit for signing up for a 20 year long commitment on a contract. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of things that can go, go wrong between that. I have seen, if you do the cost benefit analysis, some places will like go ahead and install a new roof. And if you were already going to also install a new roof, um, like it's part of the, the cost. Oh yeah. Then, Cause you then have maybe, to do that every now and then. If you have to do that, if you have to do that already, and that might also help like the, the cost savings. But yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause if you were going to pay $200, let's say in electricity bill, um, instead of paying that now you're, you know, paying $200 a month on a solar panel 
you know, for, for 20 <laughs> Are you years. saving anything? Yeah. And, and, and I know that there is money to be saved. I know there's, there's, there's benefit there, but it, you know, and then on top of it, are you going to be in the house, you know, for a long period of time? And right. if you do sell, how well does that go into the price? You know, it's just like any improvements that you make in the house. You usually don't get the full benefit of the amount of money that you put into it. So it's just interesting. And those people that are calling you, you know, these are salesmen. They're most of them are 100% commission based. Um, mm-hmm. You need to be very careful in the contracts that you sign. Um, I, I, I know personal family members and acquaintances that have had them installed and not our mutual friend, but um, <laughs> that, that they kind of got screwed and, you know, it ended up not being the, the most beneficial. That's why you see it a lot in California because California, you know, they're at 25 cents a KWH, you know, we're at 12, 13, 14 cents here. And mm, Houston, so and that's after cost efficient. Yeah, it's le- less cost efficient. You know, Arizona, Phoenix, these places that have have the high sun all the time. Um, I forget if you have a lot of trees. It's just something to consider. So I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes. Um, yeah. But it it is it is it isn't an absolutely yes. I'll, I'll just say there's there's other things that you could do in your house right now that you would get a Again, better turn bang the lights off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clap on. Yeah, they actually. I want to say they recommended like four or six panels on the south facing roof that I have. And it was like, I don't know it. And I remember looking at their numbers too. And like, there was a bunch of stuff that was not adding up and I kept asking them questions and they kept giving me nonsense answers that did not make sense to me. And so I did not opt for that. Also my house is like almost a hundred years old and it might get torn down at some point sooner rather than later yeah i mean it's that's another factor too can your house hold it that's usually heavier you know do you have the electrical infrastructure how are you gonna get that plugged in um yeah i mean a lot a lot of people that are selling those they aren't technical in the sense of you know they are they are salesmen that and and there are some that are very highly um you know they know the product really well and they know what works but even I was stopped yeah. at Costco and he was like, Oh yeah. And I said, Hey, I've got, I've got, I've got five Oak trees over my house. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. And he was like, Oh, right. well, the, these perform well in shade. I'm just like <laughs> the biggest eye roll. Right. So. Yeah. Especially talking to you of all people, like who knows these stuff very well. Yeah, for sure. The only, the only, and here's the thing too, when in all these government facilities that we looked at it, we always look at solar because everyone wants solar. Mm-hmm. We've only installed it in a handful of places. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just really hard to, you know, make it work um, all the time. Now, if right. you pair that with battery storage, some other technologies, um, you know, and then your goal is to be resilient. Like I want to be off the grid. If the power goes, I can still run my house. You know, now you're not looking just to return on investment. You're also looking at, you know, you know, islanding your house and being self-sufficient on your own. And then, then, then that's how much, how much money do you want to spend on that? You know, there's a certain satisfaction or like feely goodness about that you're paying for, not just the, the money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the house right now, um, LED lights, that should be a, a no-brainer. Even if you live in an apartment, yep. just install it. And then when you leave, like get a, get a box and just, just take them with you and put your old ones <laughs> back in. Um, 
you know, there's not much you can do about windows, but window film is great. If you've got a, a hot side of your house with a lot of, uh, is that on like on the edges? Yeah. You just just, see a just bit? Hit, yeah. Do you still a little bit? Cause if you feel like some heat window film is a good way to, to block that, um, a double pane kinda, windows, all that, all they make it out to be. So you, you do get a benefit from double pane windows. The problem is they're so damn expensive. Once again, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I mean, with your house, you may have single pane and it might be. Mine actually is double. The Okay, you're good. The really wealthy guy ahead of us who owned the house previously put them in. Oh, perfect. Perfect. They're great for oh. sound insulation too, but that's un- yes. irrelevant. Yeah, you, you'll get these, you get these, uh, 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 claims all the time that says, Hey, you're going to save all this energy. And yes, it will be slightly noticeable. You may save, you know, 5% on your utility bill. Um, but what, what you really get is you get, it looks nicer and you don't hear as many things from outside. That's the main benefits from them. I think beyond that, you know, it's, if your air conditioning unit breaks down, you know, buying, uh, the systems that may be a little bit more efficient, um, knowing that, you know, you're going to be there for five or six years, seven years plus, um, mm. and, and that then reminds that, me of the cars. Like, uh, if the best car that you can get is a, is the car you currently have rather than buying and don't give up your perfectly functioning car in order to buy an electric car, because that's to produce a car is also not good for the environment beyond just yeah, running yeah. the car. Yeah. And, and speaking of cars, you know, there's always, there's always a big push on the federal government to electric, electrify, electrify, electrify. I think it's electrified. <laughs> uh, they're fleet vehicles, well, making it all into electrical vehicles. Um, mm. And I've done a lot of analysis on electrification of vehicles. Um, you know, when Tesla came out, I mean, th- those cars are so sweet. They look awesome. The inside is really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of people buy them for the wrong reasons. They're thinking, oh, look how much money I'm, or, or, or how much, inter- or, you know, how much I'm saving the environment, right? I said, well, just because exhaust is not coming out of your hood doesn't mean it's not coming down Pasadena way, right? It's, oh, it's yeah. still, coal is still being burned to create that electricity. Um, Powering and then, my car with coal, just one step removed. Yeah, and then and then pa- batteries. Batteries are a very dirty, filthy, environmentally non-friendly process. Same with creation yeah. of solar panels. If you're ever bored and you're already in a YouTube black hole spiral, just type in, you know, how are batteries made and how is solar panels made? And it will mm-hmm. give you a second look there. There is, there's benefit, but there it's, it's not as, it's not as great as it's being marketed. Get, get Tesla. If you think it's cool, get Tesla. If you want instantaneous torque on Tesla your car, is a status symbol yeah. more than uh, environmentally friendly. I, th- I think, I think getting the most bang for your buck is like the, um, you know, the, you have battery powered, but you also have a, a combustion engine as well. So you, the hybrids. you get the hybrids that you can use it on low speeds. And then when you want to go faster on the freeway, you can get up there. I think you get more, most bang for your buck with those systems, but you know, for at least for right now, I'd rather get the most efficient combustion engine and kind of go from there. I, Aurora and I were looking to get an electric van, which doesn't exist in the United States yet. Yeah, that, that's that's really cool. Um, I do think that we're going to see in the next couple of years some of the maintenance of these uh, Tesla cars kind of go up mm. because the batteries are going to run to the end of the life. And one yeah. of the things that people don't realize is their lithium-ion batteries, which are fantastic batteries. 
cost um, way more than the they cost way standard. more and you're, they're only worthwhile if you're going to use them all the time so a car makes sense like if you're commuting and using all the day time but if you use it a lot or use it a little you still have to replace it in eight years yeah. 10, 10 years 12 years depending and so that's a you know another five six seven thousand ten thousand dollars depending on how big the batteries are fee that you got to pay so all that maintenance that you didn't have to pay before it it all balances out so you're going to see a lot of te- used teslas on the market and maybe you're going to be tempted and you're just like okay just like when a car gets close to hundred thousand miles they go like, oh, i'm gonna have to mm. replace a couple things you're, you know when was that battery last replaced interesting you know i hadn't thought of that it's good to know and on top of that um you know batteries they have the trickle charge where you just plug into your 120 volt plug into your house and it takes like for six, cell phones for, for cell phones it takes like six to eight hours to fully charge sometimes longer um, or you can get the supercharge systems you can and get them installed in your house or you, when you're traveling cross country you have those things where you got to plug in for 10 minutes yeah um, those will fully charge your car super fast but at a cost it every time they use a supercharge it lowers the life of the battery oh, so great. Yeah, and it's very similar to rechargeable batteries that you have right now. Like when you when you get a recharger, you can do it trickle charge, and you get more cycles out of it, or you do it faster and you get less. So, a mm-hmm. lot of things that, just like anything in life, you want to look at the um, the what we what we call in our industry the life cycle cost. It's not just how much it's saving you now. It's you know if I'm going to buy something and it's awesome, but I have to replace it every five years maybe this other thing that isn't as awesome, but it'll last me 10 years would be better as a total cost. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I just want to say that I don't think either of us are against green energies in any way, even though it sounds like I could imagine someone listening to this and being like, Oh, these guys are, you know, super into coal or whatever. No, it's just, the world is more complicated than some people selling you a story want you to think. And so that's what we're laying out here. Yeah, that, that is absolutely true. I, I, I am not pro or anti renewables. I think they're great and they have come a long way. Um, and we're going to get to a point where they're not only going to be cost effective, but they will be a net benefit. I think we're kind of sitting on the fence right now. Um, but you know, there's a there's a long way to go, and I, I, I'm going to see. I'm, I think there's going to be some uh, crazy, awesome breakthroughs in the next five, ten years that are really going to, you know, launch launch oh, yeah. this into the stratosphere. Down the line, it's just going to be all uphill from here. Oh yeah, I, oh, yeah. that's your non professional opinion. Start investing in green <laughs> energy technologies. <laughs> I was going to say, invest in index funds, <laughs> low-cost index <laughs> funds. That is 100% correct, index funds. Um, <laughs> that's the actual serious recommendation. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, this is not financial <laughs> advice. <laughs> so back to your job, you talked about all these military bases. Are you always in the United States, or do you get to travel a lot for work? Uh, it, it, it depends. You know, as you may know, um, I think most people know, we have bases all over the world. And the United States government pay, pays with the utility bills. So, yeah, there, there is um, these type of projects all over. Um, I've had the fortunate experience to work in South Korea on a base. And I've also had the um, fortunate experience to uh, work at uh, in Saudi Arabia uh, as well. 
Um, this particular one wasn't um, a military base. We were we were helping the um, <clears throat> the city of Riyadh. Um, but yeah, so you know, just like anywhere in the world, if you're using utility bills, there's a way to save it. There, there's there's places for me to go. So I, I travel. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, um, it's always been not been no more than twenty to twenty five percent of the year. That sounds like a lot. Um, it sounds like a lot. It, sounds it, like does, so it does sound like a lot. Um, it it's not every one one week every four weeks. You know, once one week a month all five days. It's really a lot of times it's the goal, you know, for a couple days to, to meet with a customer, you know, there yeah. are stents where I need to be there all week for maybe two weeks in a row. I'll fly back on the weekends. Uh, when I was single, I would <laughs> stay, stay the weekend if it was a really cool city. Um, and Do that you was tell when, them, Hey, you can save money by making me fly less. Actually. Um, it, 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 they, a lot of these companies have policies cause it's, it's just as much money to fly you back and fly you back again next week as it is just to pay for three more nights in the hotel. Oh, that makes so sense. they're like, you can stay or you can go. It's fine. And there was a period of time where I was, um, once again, when I was signal, um, I would actually, instead of flying back Houston, I would go to, to Colorado and mm. sleep on the couch with my friends and then and just wash all my clothes that I wore last week and then go back or DC or wherever. Um, there's some really cool flexibility that you can, you can That's do awesome. with a job. Um, but yeah, there's sometimes there's multiple weeks in a row that I'm, you know, auditing and I'm going to these buildings and opening all the mechanical rooms, the the doors that are making the buzzing noises that no, no one ever goes into mm-hmm. to, take pictures and put data logging uh, on and having interviews and walking subcontractors and all this different stuff. Um, but most of my work is, you know, in the office, um, you know, behind a computer. Um, and then even now, now that I'm married and I've got a, I've got a, a, a newborn, I guess he's not a newborn anymore, a toddler. Toddler. Um, he's about to toddle. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a little bit older. <laughs> I've been working now for 13 years. So, I'm now, there's people that are younger than I that have the flexibility to, to go out a lot right, more often right. and, and I don't need to go out as often anymore. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun experience and, um, you know, I, I do get benefits. The, um, the, uh, you know, I, I keep all my, you know, United flight miles and my Hilton honors points oh. that I get, that I usually save up and use it on vacation. So that's kind of nice. And, and <clears throat> my business pays for food and drinks and stuff so you can go as crazy as you want to i think the first couple of years i gained like 15 pounds easy um mm-hmm. just because you're just eating um and then i started <laughs> you know realizing i, I can't sustain this um, eating out eating out or, or, or yeah yeah or or you go uh you work with this one uh co- co-worker and he's he's kind of a lush and he wants to get a drink every night um, mm. def- definitely had the whole phases, but as I am right now, uh, before I would want to stay an extra day and see the events. And now I just want to get home as soon as possible. So I can, I can see my yeah. son and hopefully tuck him in before he goes to bed. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it, it is, it is interesting and, and unique. I know a lot, not a lot of people get to travel as often as I do. And, uh, internationally, I think I've traveled to South Korea maybe 10 times, two weeks cool. at a time. And then in the, the, Saudi Arabia, like one week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been fun. It sounds fun. I wish I could travel more for work. I just go to 
one conference in San Francisco every now and then, and that's about it. Yeah, it's 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 I, there's aspects of it that I really like, and there are aspects that 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 I don't, and it, and it's definitely changed. Um, I will say though, you know, I I've been working from home for basically since I first started getting a job at a college. So I know that's yeah. it's really trendy now and there's more jobs available to do so, but I've been doing it for a very long time. And, you know, my wife, you know, she, she was employed um, by an agency and now she's uh, self-employed as well. So we've both been kind of uh, living at home. And so if I'm thirsty, I'll go get her a drink. It, it's, it's, it's been really nice, but I will say that, the, the, the separation that you do get from your, your, your significant other that <laughs> normally happens when you go into the office, you know, I don't, I don't have that. So in a right. way, when I do leave, even though I miss her a lot, it is kind of our way to have like be on our own for a little bit. And then we're like, Oh yeah, I still like that person. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> you can do so, lunch dates much easier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I remember when I first started, I was, I would actually, uh, like leave to join some of my friends on their happy hour at, at five 30 and have to oh, sit right. through traffic. And I'm just like, man, people this do this sucks. every day. And, and, I, and then I just have to, I have just like, I get a snap out of it, Ryan. I'm like, you can't, you literally can't complain. You can't complain. <laughs> you know, like just sit through it, just to stomach it and, and be fine. Um, yeah. but it's definitely been a, a, a you know, it's, it's been tough. You have to be self-motivated you have to be driven. You have to, uh, um, you know, be task oriented in order to make it in this kind of, uh, environment, regardless of what field you are when you work from home. And, um, I've somehow figured out how to, how to do it well and, and balance everything as well. Yeah. So during COVID, everyone who could worked from home, I think. And now we're getting back to the spot where everyone's coming back to work. I think just yesterday or something, zoom said that their employees have to go back to work 20% of the time. So even Zoom's not good enough for Zoom. Yeah, I think we're going to have a, a lot of hybrid because, you know, I still feel like connecting with people that you work with is is so valuable. Um, do I think you need to do it every day? Not in, not in my industry, not in a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. But even my, my, my employer right now, they have office days. So... Uh, once a month, they ha- I think people come into the office for three days a week, um, and uh, they're located in Virginia, D.C. area. And um, <clears throat> since hmm. I'm out of town, there's a lot of people that live in and around that area. And since I live from out of, out of town, out of state, you know, they want everyone else to come in once a quarter. So once a quarter, it's kind of a big gathering, and they'll pay for flying to meet everyone and oh, handshake yeah. and go out to dinner and lunch and kind of get kind of co- get that connection. But then you know go back to working from home and then traveling if I need to on a specific job. So, yeah, we started doing that like twice a year, I think. Um, and I think they could do it more often, honestly, but once a month also feels like a lot. Yeah. I mean, when I first started in this business, I, I worked, since I worked right at, right, uh, right away, we didn't have it. Like it was just like you was like twice a year. And so it was nine months before I even physically met some of the people that I was working with every day. So it is kind of weird and bizarre. Um, I do think that people are starting to realize how effective people can be in certain industries um, working from home. I think, 
you know, looking at the pandemic perfectly, these companies making record numbers and stuff and, and seeing that certain industries, you definitely can have effective people working from home. I think the worry is Mm -hmm. people not doing work and just like in any industry, you're always going to have, you know, a handful of people that just, you know, take advantage of the, of the system. So. Yep. I think it could be good for the most part though. I mean, I think our business has been perfectly fine with it. Um, and then other to tie it all in the businesses who don't have to, like we used to have a whole office space. Now we just have a tiny little office space in a, mm. another building, like a mixed building with like floating means, offices and stuff. Right. So something like that. Yeah. So it means that my company, my, I mean, it's through rice university. So not exactly the company, but anyway, um, they save money because they don't have to pay for office spaces, which I think should be a new uh, line item on your checklist that you can try to promote to different places you go <laughs> as an energy savings. Downsizing. Uh, unfortunately, send your people to work from home. Yeah, unfortunately, there are a couple times when we actually eliminate people's jobs. Um, we don't like oh, no. to do it. It's typically like decommissioning a steam plant. Okay, well, there's no steam boilers anymore. So you don't need anyone man right, there, right. so they go away. Um, but yeah, I, I found out that the office that I I only went into, I mean, I went to the office to print things, and whenever it was someone's birthday, because I wanted free fajitas <laughs> and, and cake, and I found out that like my cubicle alone was like thirty thousand dollars a year, like when you wow. break it down the square footage, and I was just like, just like pay, like get rid of the cubicle and pay me half, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what the hell? And, and I don't know if you've looked into the uh, real estate uh, market, but that one sector is really hurting. There is a lot of empty office spaces out the, the world right now. And all of these are on loans with banks and they're not getting paid by any tenants. And uh, we're, we're going to see um, what happens. But I think across the board in every company that I've been in, we've all downsized our, their offices significantly. Right. Well, hopefully some of those spare offices can somehow get converted to uh, living spaces, which will help with the housing crisis. Yeah. That, that definitely and seems like an interesting retrofit. They got to figure out plumbing and walls it's tricky, and, yeah. and everything. Um, but they got to do something. And I know, especially places like New York and, LA and San Francisco, they're really hurting where it's just a ghost town where there used to be a rustle and bustle of people going to the office and supporting all the small businesses. So just like anything else, there's change and it's for the good, but it's also for the bad and, you know, two steps forward, one step back, you know, everything's more complicated than they want you to believe. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a great spot to wrap up. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, Denver, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed being here. 